Oh, we are here to worship you. We pray, Lord, that you would expound on the word, that you would take it deep in our hearts, that the Spirit of God would come alive in this place this morning. Take all the truth we learn and move it from our head to our hearts in these moments we have together because you are worthy and we praise you. Lord, we declare you're worthy no matter what's happening around us. We declare you're worthy in the middle of a pandemic. We declare you're worthy in the middle of job losses, economic downturns. We declare you're worthy when our kids can't go to school. We declare you're worthy when, when there's racist action at Stone Mountain. We declare you're worthy in all circumstances, all situations. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. In your family, your sons and daughters, we gather with you today to declare your worth and your glory in this place. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, all the people of God said, Amen. Hallelujah. Just give God praise. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Well, I got to tell you, it is good to gather in the house of God today. It is so refreshing to be standing in this pulpit. It's been five months since I've stood behind a pulpit, at least on, on site or live, and we've done a lot of training and mentoring online over the past uh, few months, but man, it's good to be back up here with you. In fact, uh, when the pandemic broke out, I had literally just returned from Uruguay ministering down there, and three days after I got back, the airport down there closed, so I'm really glad to be standing here and not stuck in Montevideo, but although it is a nice place. But it is good to gather with the family of God. That was weak. Y'all got to get a better amen going this morning than that. Come on, LaVon. Woo! We, we, we are privileged because we've seen in this season what it's like not to be with the family. What it's like to have to watch online. And, and sure, that has its place, but there's nothing better than than being together in the house of God with the family of God. So we need to celebrate what God's doing. We need to bless the, the Lord for being able to gather together. Now, I, I thought I had a pretty cool mask um, in this season, Roll Tide. And uh, y'all might want to keep your mask on. I tend to spit a lot. But I thought I had a pretty cool mask, but Stephen gave me a, a better mask. Kingdom Come. I like this mask a little better, so... so Where's Pastor Steven? I don't know if he's in here. There he is. We might need to get some more of these for the people here because these are pretty cool. Kingdom come. How many of y'all want God's kingdom to come this morning? Anyone? Now y'all are, y'all are uh, church group number three. Y'all get the third message today, but I promise you're not going to get leftovers. You're going to get the best. They saved the best for last. So we're here to gather today together to worship God, to meet God, and for his kingdom to come on us. And you know, in this season, we've been talking about blessing. There could not be a better season than the last several months to be talking about blessing. And I just want to give a blessing right now. I want to give a blessing to Pastor Fred, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Steve, Yodiah, our worship team, our church leaders, our elders led by, by Wayne. I want to give a big blessing to them because you don't see behind the scenes, but these, these leaders in our church have gone to war for you. They've hit their knees for you. They've worshiped for you. They've prayed for you and interceded for you. And they've had to make difficult decisions with a lot of armchair quarterbacks out there. 
And I just want to bless our leaders because they have led well in this season in a very difficult season. Fred is a visionary leader, and it's hard to pull back from looking down the road and having to make decisions uh, that just affect the next day. It's hard to do that as a leader. And that can be exhausting. So I just want us to give a big a blessing to our leaders in this church today. Yeah. Yeah. They deserve a big blessing. And tell them thanks. Seriously, I mean that. Tell them thanks. Now, you know we've been talking about understanding blessing, what it means to receive blessing and to give blessing in this season. Really, this is a lost spiritual pr principle. It's a lost spiritual discipline in the church today, particularly in individuals' lives and in families today. We've lost this kingdom principle of blessing, but we're going to reclaim it by the grace of God. Because when we bless people, what we're doing is we are empowering them for success. We are empowering them for success. We can bless our spouse. We can bless our children. We can bless our, our parents, our siblings, our coworkers, our peers. And we can even bless God. We can bless God. And when we bless the Lord, it's this internal and external form of praise and worship. And in fact, blessing, in both instances, blessings are always words and actions that give life. Blessings are always words and actions that give life, whether we're blessing each other or blessing God. We're giving life. Now, too many of us are, are living under curses. We're living under death. And that's why De Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20, they say, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you, listen, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, my friends, every day you and I have an opportunity to choose. We have an opportunity to choose life, blessings. We have an opportunity to choose death, curses. What are you going to choose? Now, when my wife and I were first married, uh, a couple of years in, before we had kids, we decided to spend a couple of days together really forming our mission, talking about our purpose as a family. What does it really mean to be a family on mission? What do we want our mission as a family to be? And we came up with two words, two simple words. We want our family to be a family that gives life. Give life. Now, we choose to do that through our time, our talent, our talk, and our tithes. That's how we give life. That's how we give blessing to other people because blessing is life. So we all have an opportunity every day to choose blessing. Now, God is a God of blessing. And he wants to welcome us into a lifestyle of blessing. Did you know God intends to bless you? He intends to bless you. And from the beginning of this book to the end of this book, God is one big blessing waiting to happen. He has no limit to his blessing. It is an unlimited supply of blessing. And out of that overflow, he intends for you to be a blessing. Not for the person sitting next to you. He intends for you to be a blessing. Now, Jesus began 
his earthly ministry, blessing people. He taught on blessing right from the beginning. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, bless, 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 bless. We know that he would often take children into his arms and he would put his hand on them and he would bless the children. And then at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, after he had died, after he rose again, and as he was ascending up into heaven, it says that he stretched out his hands and he blessed the people. I love this. It says in Luke 24, 50 through 51, and he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Now, isn't that incredible? Jesus begins and ends his earthly ministry blessing people. What are you doing? What are you doing in your home? What are you doing in your classroom? What are you doing in your workplace, in your neighborhood? Are you blessing people? Are you giving life? You see, we have the opportunity as spouses and as parents and as coworkers and siblings and peers, we have an opportunity to have a blessed fest if we will choose life every day. Blessing over curses. Now, there are three ways that we primarily communicate blessing. We communicate blessing through our words, through our touch, and through our expressions. Word, touch, expressions. Now, I'm not allowed to, to come off the stage. I, I got to keep six feet away from people. Again, I spit a lot. So I, I can't go down there and put my hand on Bishop Thomas and say, hey, Don, I, I just want you to know, man, I love you. I love when you lead worship. I love your singing every time you take me into the heart of the Father. But just by doing that, just by saying that to Don, putting my hand on him and, and speaking those words of blessing of life to him, there's something that comes alive in him. Something is triggered. Now I can, I can look at you, Ivy, and I can just... See, you, you don't feel very blessed if I, if I look at you like that. But if I, if I look at Mark and I'm just like... Now he might think I'm a little weird, but, but there's something that comes alive. There's a blessing that is communicated through our words, our touch, and our expression. Now, I love to bless my children, and they're back there, I'm keeping my eye on them back in that back room. A dad's job's never done, right? So I, I love to bless my children. Almost every night I bless them, just praying something simple, like I bless you with a spirit of love and peace and sound mind. I've done that almost their whole life. And I remember my middle daughter, Audrey, she's the, she's the spunky one. And uh, when she was about three years old, I was rocking her to sleep one night, and and I had just gotten into the habit of putting my hand on her head and, and blessing her. I'd just say simple things like, I bless you with the love of God. I bless you with the peace of Christ. And that one night, she just stopped kind of moving around, and she looked right into my eyes, and she said, I love you, Dad, Dad. I love you, Dad, Dad. Now, after my heart melted and I kind of picked myself back up and put myself together, I, my first response was, oh, baby girl, what do you want? You can have anything you want. You want a new car? You, you want to, you what do you want? But there was something profound that I learned in that moment. Everybody needs blessing. Everybody needs blessing. Whether they're three years old or 30 years old or 100 years old, doesn't matter. We all need blessing because we all need life. 
And no matter what age you are, you can communicate blessing. And you can receive blessing. And we've got a God, we've got a Father who loves to bless his children. Now that's 11. Y'all should be amen in a whole lot more than y'all are amen. I mean, I gave a pass to the 930 and the 830. Y'all don't get a pass. Come on, Bishop Thomas. Give me some amens in the house of God today. Now, we've spent the last few weeks looking at the book of Psalms, this incredible book, and some of the spiritual principles of blessing that are found in the book of Psalms. And in fact, in the New Testament, there are 283 quotations from the Old Testament, and 116 of those quotations are from the Psalms. Jesus loved the Psalms. In fact, even as he died on the cross, he was quoting the Psalms. And the Psalms are particularly useful for us today. Why? Because they express emotion and life in a way that we often struggle to verbalize. This is why I love the Psalms. Because they're so raw and they're so honest. And it's a book full of comfort in times of trouble. It's useful in private and public worship. And there is something in the book of Psalms for everyone. And that's why it's so important as we've looked through Psalms that we're growing in our understanding of what blessing is and how God communicates blessing and how we can bless God. And the Psalms are full of blessings. So we're looking at Psalm, and today I want to look at Psalm 136. Open your Bibles with me to Psalms, Psalm 136, because I want us to look at this Psalm and what it tells us about who God is and why we should bless him and how he should bless us. It's a little bit of a continuation of Fred's message last week, bless the blesser. This is bless the blesser part two because there are two really important repetitive statements in Psalm 136 that are critical to understand in order for us to give God our best during these challenging days. As we're living in these temporary circumstances of uncertainty and uniqueness and challenge and we want to learn what this means. So there's two important statements, phrases that we see over and over. The first is give thanks. Give thanks. Now this phrase is actually better translated as bless. It's used four times in Psalm 136. It's the word bless in in English, but it's actually in Hebrew the word yada. Yada. Now this word yada means to use or to hold out the hand. To use or to hold out the the hand. So it's blessing not just with our words, but in our actions. There's a demonstrative way to bless and to worship and to praise God. You see, what what now I'm not here to judge anybody's style of worship or expression of worship, but I gotta tell you, there's a whole lot more in the Bible that shows people demonstratively praising God than keeping their hands in their pocket. Hello. Now, you do what you want, but this is the word of God. And I'm telling you, to bless God, there is a demonstrative action behind it. We are extending our hand to to bless the Lord. So in this context, it would literally mean extend your hand and bless the Lord. So the four times this word, yada, is used in this psalm could literally say, extend your hand and bless the God of gods. Extend your hand and bless the Lord for he is good. Extend your hand and bless the the Lord of lords. Extend your hand and bless the God of heaven. Don't keep your hands in your pockets. Extend your hand and bless our God. Why? Because his loving kindness is everlasting. 
And this is the second phrase we, we come to. Now last week, Fred taught us from Psalm 103 and how the Hebrew word barak means to, to bend the knee, to get on your knee before, before God, to hit the knee. And, and when we are worshiping God, when we're worshiping God and praising God and blessing God, what we see that it, it's more than just words. It's more than just words. There's a demonstrative component action behind it. In fact, what I'll say to you is there's an action behind it. There is a physical response to our spiritual posture. I'm going to say that again. There is a physical response and expression to our spiritual posture. We move our internal worship to external response. And when everything in us responds to everything in God who is reaching out to humanity to rescue us and to deliver us and to save us and to redeem us, we ought to hit the knee and lift the hand and reach out to the one who's reaching down to us to bless him. Y'all are going to make me work today. The second repetitive statement that's critical to understanding our need to bless God is the phrase, his loving kindness is everlasting. 26 times this is used in this psalm, all verses. Loving kindness is actually the word kesed. And it's, it's used in every single verse. And this has to do with the mercy and love of God. Why? Because... He has plenty of it. He is an unlimited su supply, a never-ending fountain of living water, of loving kindness for you. That means you can keep going back to that fountain and getting more and more and more. You can keep going back to that well of loving kindness and keep drawing, drawing. You're never going to hit the bottom. His loving kindness is, is everlasting. We are blessed simply because his love is everlasting. And we can bless him simply because his love is everlasting. Now, if you're looking for evidence of God's blessing in your life, my friends, here it is. Right here. I have people tell me, I don't feel God's blessing. I don't see God's blessing in my life. Really? Because my, my Bible tells me God loves you. And that alone is being blessed by God. And that alone is reason enough to bless our God. Let me tell you today, you can feel blessed and you can be blessed and you can bless because you are loved. And his loving kindness for you is everlasting. He loves you with a never-ending, always forever, never giving up type of love. That's how much he loves you. And that's reason enough to bless the blesser in case you need more reasons to bless the Father. Let me give you five that we see in Psalm 136, reasons to bless and praise God. Now the first four, four, four verses that we come to here, we can bless him because he is good and he stands alone. He is good and he stands alone. Right here from, from the beginning verses, we see that he is God of gods. He is Lord of lords. And from the very first verse, we see we can bless him because he is good. 
doesn't matter what's on the news, doesn't matter what's happening around us in Lilburn or Stone Mountain or, or in Georgia or COVID cases rising or in the middle of a pandemic, we can still declare God is good and He stands alone. He is good beyond all others. He alone is good in the highest sense. He is the perfecter of good. He is the sustainer of good. He is the good of all good. He is the source of good. He is a rewarder of good. And his everlasting loving kindness towards us isn't because we are good. It's because he is good. He's good. And because of that, he deserves for us to bless him and to praise him. He deserves it. There is no one like him. He has no equal. We can't project others' successes and failures onto him because there's no one to compare him to. He stands alone in a field that's crowded with false gods and, and things that compete for our affection, our attention, and false promises of hope from men. Only God stands above it all. Only God. Only God will bring goodness. Only God deserves our allegiance. The God of politics doesn't deserve it. The God of sexual fulfillment doesn't deserve it. The God of wealth doesn't deserve it. The God of education doesn't deserve it. The God of sports doesn't deserve it. Our God is good when everything else looks bad. Our God does great wonders when everything else seems dull. Our God stands alone. Do you know this God? Or, or have you settled for a false God? Or have you, have you reduced God to your own image and limited him to your own limitations and your own disappointments and your own expectations? Our God stands alone. In verses 5 through 9, we see that we can bless him because he is creator. He is creator. We can praise him for, for what he's done. We can look at all the beauty around us and, and declare his blessing because he is creator. You see, the Big Bang didn't create you. Evolution didn't create you. God created you. And he created you for a purpose. Even as I was driving out of Walton County this morning early and, and just saw that mist above the farm fields, right above the grass line. I just thought, man, what a creator. What beauty. Last week I was uh, at home and that night there was a storm passing through. We have a great view off our deck and, and I, there was no rain. It was just a lightning storm that was moving across the horizon. I just went out there. I turned out all the lights and for an hour I just watched this lightning storm move across the horizon. It was incredible to see and bless our creator and see his glory and power on display. And it would do us all good this week to just take five minutes and go outside at night and look at the moon and look at the stars and to bless our creator. We can bless him because he's creator. Next we see in verses 10 through 15 that we can bless him because he is deliverer. We can bless him because he's delivered. We can praise him for what he did in redeeming Israel from bondage. We see that history, that account in those verses there. But remember, his deliverance wasn't just for Israel. It's for us today. Not just them then. It's for us now. 
He is our deliverer. And we don't, we don't know the author of this psalm, actually. But we see over and over that this psalm or this song was used throughout important events during Israel's history. In fact, it says in 2 Chronicles 7.3 when they were dedicating the temple, it says, when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement, that's the word Barak, they put their knee on the ground before God with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks, that's the word Yadah, to the Lord saying, he is good and his loving kindness, that's Kesed, is everlasting. Oh, we bless our God. He's good. And his loving kindness is everlasting. It was also used by King Jehoshaphat and the Israelite armies when they sang themselves into victory in the wilderness of Tekoa. In 2 Chronicles 20, we read this testimony of Israel as they were surrounded by their enemies on all sides. It looked bad, really bad. It looked like they were going to lose. It looked hopeless. In fact, it might have, might have been a moment where they were saying to themselves, is, is Yahweh really going to show up this time? Is Yahweh really going to come and, and do something? And King Jehoshaphat did, did something that all leaders need to learn. He, he didn't know what to do, so he prayed. And he put himself before God, and, and God answered. God responded to him, and he gave him a strategy. Now, that strategy was a little weird, was a little odd, something that, that maybe Jehoshaphat wasn't expecting or thinking of. And he gives him this strategy, and instead of sending out the strongest warriors, he tells them to send out the worshipers. Instead of sending out the strongest men, Jehoshaphat, I want you to send out those who are going to worship my name, who are going to bless me. And, and it's interesting because they begin to make this amazing declaration as they went, the worshipers went out ahead of the Israelite army. They began to, to, to say and make the declaration, give thanks to the Lord. Again, the word Yadah. Give thanks to the Lord. I stretch out my arm and I bless our God. Because his loving kindness is everlasting. His chesed is everlasting and never stops. I give blessing to my God. It's a declaration as they went into war. And what happened? Israel's enemies began to turn on themselves. They actually killed each other without the Israelites ever pulling out a sword. You see, they didn't use a physical weapon. They used a spiritual weapon. And they declared with their mouths the blessing of God. In a sense, through worship and through blessing God, there was an eviction notice that was given to, to all of the demonic spirits behind the armies opposed to the God of heaven and earth. There was an eviction notice that was given to the spirit of fear. There was an eviction notice given to, to the spirit of hate. There was an eviction notice given to the spirit of discouragement in this moment. They said, you got to leave. You might think you have us surrounded, but our God is bigger. And I'm going to worship my God. I'm going to make a declaration. I'm going to bless my God. I'm going to give him an external response to my internal posture. And I'm going to declare his goodness and bless my God because I'm going to lift my hand toward heaven because he's lifting his hand. He's reaching his hand towards me. Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. 
My friends, we want to learn to declare and receive his love in battle. We want to learn to bless the Lord and not, not curse the Lord when it looks like we're surrounded. Why? Because his loving kindness is everlasting. Even, even when things look hopeless, hopeless, even when it looks like we're surrounded by a pandemic and things that don't make sense and an economic downturn and crazy politics, even when things look terrible, I can bless my God because his loving kindness is everlasting. Even when racism is in my city, I, I give thanks to my God. I bless my God because his loving kindness is everlasting. Even when divorce is on the horizon, I bless my God and extend my hand because his loving kindness is everlasting. Even when sickness is at my doorstep, I give thanks to my God. I bless my God because his loving kindness is everlasting. Even when rebellion has entered my home, I bless my God because his loving kindness is everlasting. And on and on and on. We have no excuse not to bless our God. And bless the Lord because his loving kindness is everlasting. My friends, watch how those enemies begin to fall. Watch as, as you serve an eviction notice to those enemies that are coming against you as you begin to bless our God and declare his loving kindness. I want to tell you something, friends. Deliverance and breakthrough don't happen by accident. They happen as we praise our God. They happen as we, as we pray, as we seek God, as we get in his presence, as we admit to him like Jehoshaphat, I don't have all the answers. I don't understand this whole COVID thing. I don't understand this pandemic. I don't understand what you're doing. I just want my children to go to school, please. So I don't understand it all, Lord, but I know this. You are faithful, and I know you know. And I can bless you, my God, because your loving kindness is everlasting. See, when we stop submitting to the fear and the problems and the threats that are surrounding us, and instead we lay them out before our God and bless him, because even in the middle of battle, his loving kindness is everlasting. Now this chapter goes on in verses 16 through 22 to show us that we can bless him because he is protector. He's protector. We can praise him for what he did and his providence towards Israel. We see that through these verses, an account of that, of how he, he kept them out of the hands of, of kings and nations that wanted to destroy them. We see his protection over Israel. But, but again, we also see that that protection isn't limited to Israel. It's for us Today, it's available for us. This is why Paul told the church in 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. You see, my friends, these masks won't protect you from the evil one. They might help with COVID. They don't help with Satan. And my friends, we don't need ADT. We need G-O-D. I-M-H-O, in my humble opinion. I had to look that one up. I'm just on the verge of being a millennial. so I... We need God who is our protector. We need to bless him as our protector. And he protects us. Why? Because his loving kindness is everlasting. It's everlasting. Verses 23 through 25 show us the final way that we can bless him. 
We can bless him because he's gracious. He's full of grace. He is full of grace. And because of that grace, he remembers us, he rescues us, and he provides for us. These verses show us that. He, he rescues us, he remembers us, and he provides for us. Now, I know for a lot of you, 2020 is getting a one out of five star rating right now. And I, I don't know what all you've been through this year. But I do know this. We can rest in this truth that he does see what's happening. And he will rescue us from these circumstances. And he is bringing provision in the middle of the battle. He is providing for us. Why? Because his loving kindness is everlasting. And that alone is reason to bless the blesser. Amen? Let's stand together. Oh, bless her, we, we worship you right now. I just see this image of you reaching down with your extended right hand to bless your people. And so, Lord, we put ourselves in a posture of reaching back up to you, extending our hand to you to both receive your blessing and to, to bless you, our blesser. We thank you for your loving kindness that's everlasting. We're blessed simply because of that, Father. We have no reason not to bless the blesser because you love us. And so I just declare that over each one of us here today, anyone that's not feeling your love right now, not sensing your love, not receiving your love, maybe they've blocked it off because of past circumstances. Maybe they've blocked it out because of wounds from the past or bitterness or unforgiveness. Lord, right now, would you break through? Would you break through with your loving kindness, your everlasting loving kindness right now? As the scripture says, pour out your love into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, with all the things that are happening around us, the things that just honestly, Father, they don't make sense. We choose in this moment to extend our hand up to heaven and to bless you. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. You're a good Father. We bless you as creator. We, we bless you as deliverer. We bless you as protector. We bless you as the one who loves us. We bless you for your goodness. We bless you for your everlasting love. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for your incredible Love for us. Oh, God, move this word from our head to our hearts in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.